everybody and welcome back to another podcast high stakes fantasy advantage with me greg ambrosius and Derek butcher tommy's not here right now where the hell is tommy Derek? what's going on i heard a broken water heater excuse today i don't know if that's legit or not and he's fixing it himself <laughs> no chance no chance <laughs> no chance he called in the plumber He's showing his butt crack to Tommy right now, and he's getting his water heater fixed. Is that what you're saying? That's what he told us. All right. Well, we got our Sirius XM show tonight. I hope he can come for that because we got a good show planned for tonight. So we're going to talk about the uh, NFFC postseason contest. I believe we've got our leader on the show tonight, so we'll talk to him and uh, see if he can hang on or not. It's going to be tough. A lot of teams lost a lot of players this weekend, so they got to put in new players, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Remember, three times the score if you've had these guys in your lineup since week one. Uh, that's the key, obviously. And then if they get on to the Super Bowl, four times as much. So, Derek, real quickly, we'll talk about the games tomorrow on our podcast, but real quickly, let's talk about the ownership percentage. So, quarterbacks, there's four left. Tom Brady owned by 71% of all owners. Case Keenum owned by about 38%, and then you've got Nick Foles at 4.63%, and Blake Bortles at 4.56%. So, a lot of people obviously don't have Foles and Bortles. If you have Brady, you almost got to throw Foles out there, don't you think? Because plenty of people got Keenum at two times or three times. I mean, it's going to be tough to win if you don't have the two big quarterbacks in in the Super Bowl at four times, but... Maybe Fournette carries you or something. What do you think? What's the strategy here on quarterbacks? It's totally roster dependent. I think it really is. Yep. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, you know, if you have, if you end up with the two quarterbacks from the beginning that go to the Super Bowl, you're going to be most likely uh, head and shoulders above most of the other teams. But it doesn't always work out that way, depending on other decisions you've made, other guys you've had. So to me, if I, you have to kind of look where you are in the standings, I think, and then you have to go by that. If you're close to the top and you have a chance to add Brady and you believe the Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl, then you probably can still do it. If you're, you know, if you're not close and you're down the middle and you need to get, you know, really lucky and strike some uh, some big points somewhere, maybe you go with a Bortles at that point and hope they yeah. spring the upset and he runs, you know, he running yards and running touch passing touchdowns, running touchdowns. So, again, I really do think it's where you are in the standings and who you have left because a lot of people doubled up on Steelers, Falcons, and Saints, and now the, yep. you know they've lost a lot of guys. So, again, it's all roster-dependent to me. Yeah, and we talked about this uh, on Monday, but uh, you use three players from each of the four teams to fill out your 12-man roster. Who's the Jaguars you use? I mean, you got to use three Jaguars. Uh, if your quarterbacks are taken care of, then you've got four net. Uh, defense and, and the kicker. I'd throw the kicker in there if you if you can yep. because in the you know when we get to the Super Bowl week, you only get four from each of the two Super Bowl teams, so you only get to yep. use eight players. You don't have to use a defense. You don't have to use a kicker. So uh, you know again, you have to kind of look at the strategies, and a lot of it comes down to who do you think is going to win these weekend games, and that's how you got to build your roster. So for the Jags, if you have Fournette already, you're sitting you're sitting pretty nice. Uh, to me, if that's what I was, I do believe the Patriots are going to win. So I would probably, you know, go with the 
the kicker for sure. And if you've already got a defense that's going to score, you know, double or triple points, you're not going to replace them. So maybe you take a shot on a Keelan Cole or a Marquise Lee and just and go from there. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Patriots. Who are you using from the Patriots? Let's look at them. Tom Brady's owned by 71% of our owners in the contest. Deion Lewis, now 46%. He was only 10% owned after week one, now up to 46%. And then you've got Gronkowski at 54%. So those are the big three from New England. I'm not sure if there is a sleeper out there. Uh, Amendola's owned by less than 1%. Chris Hogan, less than 2%. Uh... The kicker, Goskowski's owned by 6%, so really low ownership on all of that, even the defense, 3%. So it's the big three with those guys, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you may have uh, probably all set to have those three already. If not, uh, maybe you don't have Brady locked in because you have a couple other quarterbacks at this point. So uh, to me, that there is, a, I, to me, Chris Hogan, I think, is very enticing. Um, like you said, less than 2% owned. I think he's a guy, yep. Brady looks for him. He likes to use him a lot. He's a guy, he's kind of, I know Cooks is a speed guy too, but Hogan runs the those same type of deep nine routes and those, you know, so I, I think Chris Hogan uh, is a sneaky guy to play there. If I had an opportunity, I might find a way to get him in a, into a lineup or two. Yeah, I remember last year what James White did. He won the money for everybody, yep. and right now Rex Burkhead and James White are less than 1% owned. So I'm not saying throw those guys into your lineup, but sure worked out last year. We'll see what happens this year. So, hey, what's the talk up in Minnesota? Is everybody pumped now? We're moving on, or is everybody still relishing that miracle in Minnesota? There's t- today is kind of the, the the day you flip the switch. I think at some point, I mean, people, <laughs> I mean not, the radio shows have been nonstop with guy people telling stories where they were, or what they've seen, yeah. you know, with their grandparents and fathers, and there's just been nothing but great stories. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's getting time to, to flip the switch, especially by tomorrow when the, you know everything's everything else is flipped. So we'll be talking. You know, Sunday game, where, where are you going to watch a game? Who are you going to watch a game with? All that kind of stuff. But as Vikings fans here, yeah, you, you, you almost feel like you're you're working on uh, house money here. So uh, everyone's just, yeah, it's, everyone's pumped. And, uh, you know, more obviously Vikings fans think they're going to win the game. Uh, Vegas thinks they're going to win the game. Uh, so we'll go. they got to play well. We'll talk more about yep. that tomorrow, obviously. I will say it's not house money if they don't win it all right now because then you've just won a playoff game. But uh, obviously you want to take it all the way, especially since you got a chance to play at home for the Super Bowl. Speaking of the Vikings, let's look at their ownership uh, percentages. It's very, very interesting. I mean, Thielen, owned by 57%. He didn't do much last week. He had two times for a lot of people. You had Diggs, who's owned at 19%. Uh, Keenum is owned by, what do we got here, 37%. So a lot of different, Latavius Murray only 16%, Jarek McKinnon only 7%, even the defense only 11%, Forbath 10%, so kind of spread across the board. Give me your three from the Vikings for this week. Well, Keenum for sure, because I, I do think they're going to win. You want to have him in the Super Bowl more than one time. So I think the, he's the one. I, I still think it's it's really hard to pick Vikings here. It really is. They spread the ball around so much. Um, in our contest with uh, you, Tom, and myself, I, I went with Diggs last week. I like that. That worked out. I do think Diggs is, um, he's been getting more targets than Thielen, actually, the last month or so of games. And I, I think he's, they're both, I mean, both good plays. Yeah. Diggs seems the guy that scores a few more touchdowns. Um, I think a sneaky play that a lot of people won't use is Kyle Rudolph. And he, he's got very good rapport with Keenum. So there's a guy that's going to be not not very well owned, and he tends to score a lot of touchdowns. So I think he had eight or nine on the year. 
Uh, didn't score last week. Uh, I feel like uh, he might be due, so there's maybe a sneaky play. The running backs, I truly think that's 50-50. I do not know which guy to go with. Uh, Murray gets the one-yard carries, but you know McKinnon outside the three or four gets just as many down there. So McKinnon scored last week on the rush, so it's really hard for me to pick those running backs. So to me, it's Diggs, Keenum, and uh, I would throw Kyle Rudolph in there possibly. All right, sounds good. Philadelphia, we can talk about them. Again, like we said, Foles, less than 5% owned. Uh, Ajayi, only 12% owned. I mean, there's really not much. Zach Ertz is at 56% owned. He's probably the best one. So I think it's going to be a defensive game. May not be a lot of scoring, but who knows? Maybe we'll end up with like 97 points like we saw in Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. We just don't know. So, all right, best of luck to everybody. Get your lineups in. Get those three times. Watch the points pile up this week. If you thought last week was high with like 450 points per team, wait till you see the scoring this week at three times for a lot of people. So it should be interesting. All right, Derek, you and I love baseball. We're deep into the FSTA draft right now. Let's talk about some uh, – statistics if you will when it comes to hitters now i picked up the baseball forecaster i know you ordered one as well been going through the pages there i won't get through it all before i get to los angeles but i'm definitely looking at it if you don't have a baseball forecaster right now pick one up it's a great great job by ray murphy brent hershey ron chandler the whole baseball hq group it's a fantastic starting point for your season and i love it and ron actually started out with a great uh, story about how fantasy baseball owners need to change. The game is changing so much that we need to change with it. And I know that Ron is going to talk about this at all of his first pitch forums. He talked about it in Arizona, and it makes a lot of sense. Let's look at three things that have changed, and we'll just talk about that today. One, the number of DL lists. Because of the 10-day DL, we're constantly replacing players, or we're getting zeros during the week. Second one is the home run trend. We know it's through the roof. We'll talk about that. And the third one is stolen bases. Nobody's running because they're all playing for the three-run homer. So we're going to talk about that. Derek, think about this. Last year, 533 different players landed on the DL. 533. <laughs> Three years ago, it was 422. But think about that. 533 players. Not only that, 58% of the players in the top 300, in our top 300 last year, landed on the DL during the course of the season or got demoted down to the minors, but you were replacing six out of ten players during the course of the season. Now, does that prove the game is changing or what? Yeah, that, and again, like you mentioned, the 10-day DL certainly had something to do with that, and, and that to me that speaks for guys uh, that can play everywhere, like a Marwin Gonzalez. How valuable is a guy like that on a 30-man roster, say in our main event type contest, or a Rotowire online championship contest? You only have a 30-man roster, you get to switch your uh, hitting lineups, obviously, Monday through Thursday, and then you get to set a, a you know a new lineup for the weekend if you have to. With the way these guys are going on lists like that, to have a Marwin Gonzalez that can pretty much play anywhere, you can plug him in outfield, first base, third base, corner, middle, I mean, guys like that, that don't get hurt not saying that he can't get hurt but guys like that are so valuable when you have that you know you only can do the fab once a week so that that again the yes the dl you you need to have an extra hitter or two at this point yeah no doubt about it that's one way of changing i mean ron's talked about the leagues need to change their rules and such in fact in arizona he called on me in the audience and he was saying are you thinking of uh changing your number of roster spots uh reserves i'm like no this game is supposed to be hard. It is hard. But you got to manage those seven reserve spots with minor leaguers, DL guys, 
uh, two-pitch starters. There's many ways that you have to do it, but we're not changing the rules because the game is changing. Owners are going to have to figure this out. So very important to find multi-position eligibility guys. Okay, here's another one. The number of home runs. So last year there were 6,105 home runs, set a major league record. In fact, it blew by it by almost 500 home runs last year. Guess what? The number of home runs from three years ago went up 2,000. Holy. 2,000. There were 4,186 home runs in 2014. There's now 6,105. That's almost a 50% jump in home runs in three years, okay? If you're not ready for that one, listen to this one. Last year, 118 batters hit 20 or more homers. 118 different ones. Holy guys God. are looking at our FSTA team and they're saying, you guys are going to have to get some power. They're all over the place. That's, we'll find a 20 home run. Hitter. That's eight rounds, essentially, of 20 home run hitters. Yeah. You could, you, that's crazy. <laughs> it is. It is. And so 41 guys hit 30 or more homers last year. Three years ago, 11 guys did it. Last year, 41 guys hit 30 homers. That's insane. I mean, last time we saw anything like that was in 2001 when that many people hit 30-plus home runs. But 20-plus home runs, we've never had that many, 118. Okay, how do you approach home runs now in power? Well, I mean, you can say you can you can wait. I mean, that, that I mean, yeah. it just it all filters down. So I don't know that it's necessarily a strategy to have to wait either. Obviously, I think it places a premium on some of the other stats, batting average, you know, and uh, stolen bases. I mean, if everyone's hitting home runs and you get one or two of the top guys, you really don't have to worry about it. So again, I think it it's shifting you to focus on some of the other categories. Like I said, batting average or stolen bases. Yeah, I don't know if the strategy is, man, you got to get a lot of home runs. Will the game change? Will the baseball change? I don't know. But I think you got to definitely keep getting across the board. you got to get stolen bases. You've got to get home runs. But are we going to see this trend continue? I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. But, yes, go get power. It's like strikeouts. If you can get a guy who, like Stanton, hits over 50, Judge who hits over 50, hey, you're ahead in that category. But no guarantees going forward that that's what's going to happen. Okay, last one, stolen bases. Last year, there were 2,527. I think that was the lowest in almost 40 years. Uh, might even be 50. I can't remember. But it was 40-plus years. That's the lowest. There were only 20 guys who stole 20 or more stolen bases. So think about this. 29, excuse me, 29 guys stole 20 or more bases compared to 118 who hit 20 home runs. Okay? Only six guys stole 30 or more bases last year. Six. Jesus. 41 hit 30 or more homers, only six. 30 or more stolen bases. Okay, how do you handle stolen bases now? You, you need some, obviously. I think I think <laughs> what we've been seeing, uh, I know in, in my home leagues and in other leagues I'm going to do, I have uh, pumped a couple guys that I love, such as like a Byron Buxton, um, yep. Tommy Pham, guys like that, that aren't going to kill you in other, other categories, um, hopefully. Um, I, I placed a huge premium on guys that can, you know, go out and get me 20, uh, 20 plus steals and, you know, right around 20 plus home runs, play every day, going to score runs, going to get their RBIs. Uh, you know, some of those, and you mentioned six guys over 30. One of those guys, Billy Hamilton, I, I don't know what to do with him because, again, yes, he's going to get you the bags, but he is such a drag everywhere else. You feel like you're, 
I'm, especially when you need power, right? It's, it's tough for me. So to me, guys that can go 20-20 are just insanely valuable. So that those are the guys that I'm I'm going to be building my teams around this year. I'm going to get some power, but, uh, you know, 20-20 outfielders are, are priceless. Yeah, well, that's why we liked Alex Bregman. It's why we like Byron Buxton in the FSTA League. Again, one of the things we said offline to while we were making these picks was you don't have to win the state stolen base category. Nope. Nope. You want to be in the top four, you know, top three if you can. So you don't have to have 140 stolen bases. But if you get 115 or 120, you're likely going to get a lot of points in your league. In fact, I was looking at league champions last year, and you saw this big drop-off after the top three in each league. And yet guys were still getting 12 points even though they may have had only 105 stolen bases so that's kind of our strategy too in this fsta league we're going to get stolen bases but we're not going after billy hamilton instead we think buxton's going to get some bregman's going to get some and we're looking for guys like that that's kind of the strategy you're talking about as well right absolutely again you can dodge a billy hamilton not take a dip everywhere else and like you said finish fourth or fifth in your league um, after the guys that have those guys, and they're going to be behind you and other stuff. So, again, it's all about, again, building fantasy baseball teams. It's all about roster construction, and, and there's different ways to do it. So you got to find the strategy that you know best suits you and, and attack the hell out of it. Absolutely. All right, tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about starting pitchers, too, because if you think the trends in hitting are wild, wait till you look at pitchers. Guys who can throw 200 innings, they're rare. They're as rare as somebody who can steal 30 bases. You can't find them anymore. So, I mean, if you can find a guy who gets 180 innings and he's striking out 220, he's gold right now. It is unbelievable, the change in baseball. And I'm telling you, we have got to change as fantasy owners. We're going to change as fantasy owners. Don't ask us as game operators to change the games because we're not going to make it any easier for you. We just got to figure this damn game out. And it's a, it's a perplexing game, isn't it, man? I love it. That's why we all love it because guess what? We Two years from now, we may be sitting here and nobody's hitting home runs and everyone's stealing bases. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. That's that's the how great the game is. It, it continually changes in their cycles and, and that's what makes it fun to compete. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you, one other thing I'm looking for this year is in spring training if pitchers are getting blisters. And I kid you not, yeah. because that was a major problem last year, and they, pitchers said they could feel the ball was different. The stitches were raised a little bit, and you had guys like Aaron Sanchez, great pitchers who could not overcome the blisters. Cueto had a blister as well. Rich so Hill let's watch that in yeah. spring training, right? I hear it. Yeah, Rich Hill. I had, a, I had Rich Hill on a bunch of teams last year, and boy, was it frustrating. I mean, when he threw, he threw well. You just never knew when he was going to throw. I had Aaron Sanchez as well, and he was a guy with a great talent. In fact, I talked to somebody at the Arizona Fall League, very familiar with him, and he was wondering, maybe he's just not tough enough to pitch through that. But I think when you get a blister on your pitching hand, it's a big blister, and you just can't keep throwing that curve or whatever where the stitches are just grinding into your bare skin there. So we'll see. But again, tomorrow we'll talk more about the pitchers. But that's just the first round of what we're going to talk about on the podcast throughout the year. We'll look at our ADPs as well. But it's a changing game, folks. Get ready to change with it, all right? All right, from Derek and I and the plumber at Tom's place, that's the end of this podcast. So, Tommy, good luck with that water heater there. I'll see you tonight. Listen in tonight on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio from 10 to midnight Eastern. The Fantasy Sports High Stakes Advantage is going to be on, so be there. All right, we'll see you tonight. Thanks, everyone.